Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an episode of G.I. Joburg. We're a podcast, we're also a YouTube channel, but now we are a podcast on a YouTube channel. Starting with this episode, we are now going to be broadcasting on the YouTubes. My name is Stephen, I am your ever-faithful host, but I'm not alone. I'm joined by the regular suspects. Paul is joining us! And... On the west coast, sitting upon the salt throne. If you do not comply, there will be trouble. But today we have some special guests in the mix as well. Coming to us from Texas, we've got Jake, and he's got some classified six-inch joy to unveil for us. Howdy, guys. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, man. Good to have you back. And it's not even Father's Day. Hey! That turnaround was quick. Yeah. And joining us, rounding out the five-pack, we have the author and creator of the most recent stop-motion adventure premiering on G.I. Joburg, A Tale of Two Ninja. We've had him on the show before, and he goes by the name Corbra Lang. Hey, Corbs. Hey, how's it going? Good to be back. Outstanding, man. I'm very excited to pick your brain about this adventure. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, stop this podcast immediately, check out the G.I. Joburg YouTube channel, and click on A Tale of Two Ninja. It is an epic 30-minute adventure featuring everybody's favorite tortured warrior, Storm Shadow, on a quest for bloody vengeance. (laughs) Sound like a decent enough blurb? Sounds kind of Tarantino-esque, wouldn't you say? (laughs) yeah rated r yeah yeah big time but gentlemen i think we're gonna break the ice on this episode by getting into the topic that's on everybody's lips as of retro fan friday something like that the gi joe retro line has been unveiled (sighs) honest reactions gentlemen well well okay so friday happened and the retro line was being shown uh, Steve was very gracious to send me a quick link to it, uh, which I then joined, and I was watching uh, the sort of uh, live stream thing going down. Uh, there was the new lady who's taking care of Hasbro's stuff. She clearly doesn't know anything about G.I. Joe, so that was cool. And then we had this other guy, and I managed to fall just into the section where he was showing us Cobra Commander. And um, But it was just before that, you know, where he was showing us that really nice box, and I was like, Wow. That is a damn cool Cobra sigil on a golden box. I was I was quite blown away. I was like, wow, that's really amazing. And then he showed me what it was. And I was like, oh, yes, we have a third repaint of Cobra Commander. Now with a cape and an extra gun. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. So then I was like, okay, well, that's nice. That's cool. I mean, there's people that are into that kind of thing. But I was feverishly waiting and hoping for something about the retro line, which I think I had missed up until that point because that part of the announcement that I joined in on was quite further down the line. So anyway, I, I start plowing the internet to find pictures, and uh, one of the guys from 3D Joe's uh, managed to post a, a picture of the Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow. So I looked at the Snake Eyes, and I couldn't really properly see it, and I was like, uh-oh, something's not right here. And I was like, oh, wow, a lot of people are going to be super, super unhappy about this. <laughs> and of course, uh, the reveal was that well, we're getting modern era figures repackaged in pseudo vintage card backs, which is cool if you're somebody who's just starting off your collection now and is looking for a great, you know, way to get into GI Joe, I suppose. 
But for a lot of us that have been chomping at the bit, um, having podcasts about uh, about it and speculating, it was quite a disappointment. But that's still not my favorite part. My favorite part is when I actually did manage to get the whole video and watch it from the beginning. And I was watching this guy. Now, there was a gentleman that was talking about the animated series, and he was very cool, and that was great. But there's this dude, and he's like explaining this uh, to us, and this whole thing's going down. And I, I don't know about you gentlemen, but I felt very insulted um, as a viewer of this live uh, of the live stream uh, when they were basically passing off. And 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 the one that I can re- distinctly remember is them talking about Storm Shadow when they were passing this off as some kind of new product. And I felt like, wow, Hasbro, are you pissing on my leg and then trying to tell me it's raining? Because I was, I was unbelievably upset when I heard that. When, if they just had the decency to turn around and say, hey guys, we have taken, you know, some of your favorite toys from the modern era line and repackaged them this way, I would have been like, thank you, dude. That's really cool of you to say. But they're carrying on about, oh, look at Storm Shadows. Amazing fan. It's got like razor edge and shit. I'm like, yes. Yes, a lot of really great Hasbro toy designers who have probably been fired by now or whatever worked <laughs> yeah. on that. No but yes, please, please. Hasbro, sure. Yeah, yeah, but please peddle us your your watered down wares and tell us that it's that it's new and amazing. But that's me. Does anyone want to respond to anything that Paul's just said, or are we actually all in agreement? I don't know. Does anyone have a, a contrasting opinion, perhaps? I don't want to speak next, but I did want to say that Paul did channel like an Arnold voice for a second in there on the re-listen. <laughs> Corey, I think I saw your uh, your icon lights up just there. <laughs> no, I don't I kind of agree with Paul, but my thing is I'll probably fall for it as much as I don't like them. If I see them in Walmart and as soon as I see that packaging, I'm probably going to be a sucker and pick them up and then regret it. But <laughs> but you know, I I like the packaging, but yeah, it's they they just kind of they should have just called it for what it was, I guess. They're just modern to repackage, so. Sure. Jake, anything to add, my brother? I was hoping for O-rings like everybody else, but they're putting figures on the shelf. I mean, I'm trying to be positive here. I am disappointed that there's not something more to it, but we're getting one of that's agreed upon one of the best Snake Eyes again. Yeah. One of the fully loaded storm shadows now the baroness is the one i'm kind of most disappointed with because she's it's the same sculpt as in 2009 i wish they had maybe used one of the other ones but you know maybe the baroness that came with ravage in that set you know or something something that was harder to get snake eyes sold out every time and people were still hunting for it and if you look at it that version of snake eyes is still going for decent money on the secondary market i had to hunt for a year and a half to get that storm shadow to begin with wow you weren't there uh when it was initially released jake the renegade storm shadow i was in it it just sold out it sold out on me wow and you know it just was hard to come by and then, you know, of course, they really re-released it later on, but we didn't know that back when we were hunting it. Hmm. And it's still a harder figure to come by. I mean, with all the ninjas that uh, 
Corbett used in his uh, uh, video, I'm surprised. I was surprised not to see a few of those popping up. <laughs> it seems Corbett was a vintage purist. Those are just O-ring guys. Mm. Yeah. Would it help? I just think that. Am I disappointed? Yes. Am I going to buy them? Yes. <laughs> are my kids going to enjoy them? Yes. Am I going to hang maybe a one or two of them on the wall just because they look pretty in the package? Probably. I'll tell you something that was very telling for me came down to the way they are packaged. Now, we can all agree the vintage card art is gorgeous. Uh, that is immediately going to draw dollars out of people that otherwise would have passed on these figures. And vehicles, for that matter. I mean, the boxed vehicles look as good as they looked back in 85, 83. But what is really telling to me is the bubble on the action figure package. It's extended obscenely large just to showcase every single accessory with ample air around them. It's definitely trying to show you how much plastic you're getting. Whereas if you dial the clocks back 10 years, Pursuit of Cobra... You were getting all that plastic, but it was in sort of trays behind the figure. They kept the bubble compact, they kept it filled with goodies, and it was like opening a treasure box. With these guys, it's like Hasbro wants you to know exactly how much plastic you're paying for. It's like, look at all this value on display. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm going to argue for the minute on what I think is the Hasbro side here. The okay. original blisters, you would have the figure. Then off to the to the side of the figure would be the main weapon, and then up above them, with part of an extended maybe a second square of color, would be the backpacks and the other secondaries. Okay. Back in the day, and so that car that running all the way up the side is reminiscent of the vintage packaging. Okay. Well, I mean, we're going to have to get our tape measures out, of course, because I'm going to oh, argue yeah. that uh, in terms of volume of that card, these retro collection cards, I mean, that, that yellow portion extends higher and, and not quite as far out. But I don't know. I'm just going to stick with my guns and say Hasbro's really full. We're talking action figures, right? I know, right? I'd say, like, <laughs> the only time that the bubble extended that high was Stalker V2's kayak. But yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, right. Who knows? But I think they were allowing themselves license based on the old cards that had the se the second blister bubble up above. Right. I don't know. The first thought I I had when I saw that I was like, oh man, this is money grubbing. <laughs> yep. <laughs> we're, we're not hiding anything. It's the same principle behind the classified figures not having anything behind the character portrait. Like, that is dead, dead space, right? You don't get any more accessories. Like, everything that is included is displayed front and center, like, in the window. There are no secrets. There are no hidden attributes to the packaging. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at something, because I've got this thing open on Google as we're talking about the packaging. And I've seen one of the official press shots, and I haven't seen this properly until now. But they've got all three figures, uh, uh, Snake Eyes, Baroness, and Storm Shadow. And underneath them, they've got the toys sort of brought up, you know, um, in a bigger photo. So you can see them in detail. 
And if you look at Baroness, okay, they're trying to echo her original card art with a pose. Cool, okay. Uh, if you look at Storm Shadow, same thing. You know, Storm Shadow's got his swords crossed, and what the hell is Snake Eyes doing? <laughs> Are you talking what about is that? that? That weird um, squat position they've got him in. Yes, what is that? <laughs> yeah, that is, terrible. that is the worst posing I've ever seen. Like, on an official product shot or otherwise. <laughs> that is shocking. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. I, I, yeah, vitriol and stuff aside, but yeah. No, no, let's have it, Paul. I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to have honest opinions here. I'm glad you've given yours. Kuj, what were you going to say, brother? One last thing to clear up: that kayak was erect in the packaging, wasn't it? Yes, As it I be. believe so. Yes, but a five-year-old me tore that sucker loose real quick. <laughs> mm. Good man. There wasn't much left of that card once I was done. I definitely want to talk some uh, some Cobra creations, so let me not burn this piece down. Uh, I wasn't here for when you guys chatted declassified. Um, I did hear disconcerting words. I did go sleuthing. Let's talk some Joe Media first. Um, I just had the pleasure of chatting with uh, Joe on Joe the other day, and I think you just chatted with him a few weeks back, Stephen. I did get extreme. So I, that, that was a pleasure. We did talk the Black Book. What is the Black Book? Um, it's a collaboration of a lot of artists in your community. It's 25 bucks. It goes to print in two weeks. Costs about eight bucks to print, about five bucks to ship. The rest of the monies goes to all the artists that are in it think about it um hit me up on the uh, email it'll be in the details but uh let's see you got what's on joe mine they're uh, dropping a live stream about once a week i did hit weber with a question about the declassified i'll get there you got plastic battles turning up on i think uh insta as well as uh um youtube i think he had one he had a signal noise last time so He's definitely pulling some friends. Uh, of course, HCC is out there. Cheers, brother. Uh, full force daily. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, when I chatted up with Weber, I hit him up with a question from the comments on their live stream because, honestly, I'm in the dark. And I had noticed uh, you're about to do a, a, an unboxing on Duke, right? Yes. Mm, I should save this for afterwards, but uh, what do you think, Stephen? About classified series Duke. Nice likeness, man. I like the cleft chin. Well, the first thing I noticed, because I'm not here to uh, invalidate anybody else's words or how they spend their money. These are these are great figures. We can all see that. But Kujo's about the details. That's where I'll always be. I noticed that Duke did not have a flag. Okay, okay. I didn't know if that was an aesthetic choice or what. But when I hit Weber in the questions, his his body language did change. He he said there was a hot hot topic, so I'll leave that there. Um, of course, we know the red and the blue has gone off the stripes. And uh, to cap it, you got Gung Ho with the Iron Eagle on the chest. Who's moving around over there? Stop that. Um, <laughs> you got you got Iron Eagle on the chest. Uh, and so, I mean, it, you're kind of like three's a trend, right? But, of course, we have the retro line. So, you know, when you mess with the truth, it uncloaks you, right? If You, mm. get, you guys didn't mention it, but they took American Hero off the label. They took the Marine Corps logo off 
Gung Ho's chest in the Awe Striker box art. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not even sure it was on it in the original box art, but first of all, fuck you very much. But as cooler heads <laughs> arrive, I'll say this. It makes me think about words like the power of you. You know, what can one person say against a special interest corporate narrative? You know, they can tell the truth. And that's loud as as anything out there. And I would say that G.I. Joe will always be an American hero because it's you and me. It's general infantry. It's the people that were thrown into the shit to make sense of it. It's not the jugglers. It's not G.I. War. It's G.I. Joe. So if you want to drop the American hero label, we'll pick it up. G.I. Joe Bird can be the, the South African hero. The <laughs> Queensland hero, the Texas hero, the long, I'll take it. Hey, buddy, we were a generation reared on Hollywood. Don't worry. We had no problem waving the red, white, and blue, regardless mm. of where we were in the world. Like, G.I. Joe were heroes. Here's the thing. You don't want to be political. Okay. Well, what about the politics of legacy? Are you going to invalidate all the people that have served these colors? You know, have have people been manipulated? Do you think the U.S. has a monopoly on manipulation, by the way? Cooch, this is why you don't work for Hasbro, man. You ain't going to tow that <laughs> the company line. But guys, right now we've got a man sitting with a new toy. And he's itching to pull it out of its plastic prison. I think it's time. Jake, are you ready, buddy? Sure, I got it right here in my hand. How many of these guys have you uh, unboxed just yet? I have... So far, I mean, I've only been able to find two of them. I have a Destro that I opened. It was the first one I got. And then I have the Duke, which is currently unopened. It hasn't been removed. Wow, this is number two. Listen, can you just for us vicariously sitting on the sidelines here in rural Australia or South Africa, Mm -hmm. what was it like (laughs) going into a toy store and seeing new G.I. Joe product? brand spanking new not reissues not retro new joes i was as excited as i was when i was a little kid when i found (laughs) sidecap in the walmart here locally you know it was it was something brand new that you know i hadn't put my hands on it was something that i was hoping to find and then I go down the aisle, and I start at the front end of the aisle, and I move down the aisle, and there's nothing there, nothing <laughs> there, nothing there, and it's on the very back wall. And it's like it was hidden, but there it was, and it was great to see. Did you have a level of disbelief at that point because you had made multiple trips and seen nothing? And the fact that, as you say, they were almost hidden out of the way... Like, how many trips had you made up till that point? How kind of used to the disappointment were you when you finally got the experience you'd been pining for? I hadn't made as many trips as I would have under normal, everyday circumstances, considering the climate in which we live. If this had been last summer, I would have probably have been there every day. Or, or maybe even twice a day, just uh, I'll swing by and see if they put it up. Just because I live, I have to drive by the Walmart 
to get to anywhere else in my town. You know, so I was like, eh, it's not here again. It's not here again. It's not here again. And then to finally see it be here. Yeah, I was super excited. And then I, the next thing is, how do I take them all home? And I, you know, checked my finances and did that. And okay, which one can I take? And that's how I'm limiting myself right now is I'm buying one at a time over the next, next couple of months until I have the first wave. And then by then the second wave will release and I'll do the same thing then. That way I'm kind of, I have a reason to walk in and be excited every time. Amazing. Stretch it out. Well, yeah. as you say, it's kind of on your way. Uh, so you're not having to kind of bulk buy them to save on shipping. It, it does take on that amazing sensation that we had as children. Well, if we had as children and we were very lucky to have had, if we had it, was the kind of sense that you only had X amount of allowance. You could only get Joe's at a certain rate, you know, once a week, maybe just around birthdays or Christmas. So this kind of approaches that, <laughs> except with an added uh, bonus of like scarcity on the one hand and dodging a pandemic on the other. <laughs> but you got yeah. it, Jake. Is there tape on the top of the box? Do you have to kind of... One little slice of tape. Okay. Do you cut or do you peel? Oh, I've got my exacto knife in hand. <laughs> Nice. Well, they're very collector-friendly, aren't they? It's a pull-out yeah, track. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, sliced open, ready to open. I've got goose flesh, man. Put my knife away so I don't stab myself in the leg. And let's see here. Here we go. Here, you listening? No, <laughs> <laughs> that sound. Nice. Yep. Um, and here we go. Slide the tray out. Make sure you hear it. That's some good foley, actually. Oh, yeah. Nice and crinkly. We've got Duke, and just starting off, he is the right colors. You know what I'm saying? He's got a dark kind of green and black pants, which is reminiscent of, and I've got on my screen here, I pulled up Duke version one, just so I had it to look. Now, it's much darker green than the original. But you can see it's an update, a modern update, darker colors. And then he's got the bright color tan. And even the green that's on his shirt, he's got green across his shoulders, like his a padded shirt, is the same color green as the second collar was on the original figure. Nice. Yes, so they paid attention to some of the serious details here. Now... How do you want me to do it? Accessory by accessory or rip the figure out first? <laughs> you do you, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It's your toy, buddy. We're just here for okay. the ride. I'm popping out the backpack. And that is a solid piece of plastic. It's not hollow. Okay. Or, well, if it's hollow, it's very solid. You've got the painted on trenching tool, huh? which my only complaint would be the I would love to have the trenching tool be able to be loose, but man, it's so reminiscent of the original backpack. Yeah, I was about to say, it's a nice touch. They didn't have to yeah. copy the original's attributes down to a detail like that, but the fact that they did, uh, it's a really, really nice nod and a wink to us. Yeah, a couple of canteens, so he's got water, he's got a couple of pouches, 
Only thing he's missing from the from the original backpack is a sleeping bag. But I don't think modern military, I don't think he's doing a lot of sleeping while out in the field like this anymore. But the backpack is nice and thin. It's a, it's a good update of the original. And let's go with the man himself. He's the next piece moving across. <laughs> no, no twist ties or elastics. No, no twist ties or elastics. Pop in, pop out. Oh, music to my ears, man. Oh, that is a hell of a face. Oh, man, yeah? that face sculpt is nice. Go on. I think they used the digital painting, you know, the digital prints on the face. Mm. Oh, they went on about it in that retro collection reveal, didn't they? Yeah. The face printing technology. He looks human sitting here in my hand. Oh, fantastic. Is that your favorite butt chin on a figure, Stephen? What do you think? <laughs> it's it's definitely Desperate Dan. <laughs> For those of you who uh, collect Beano. Or, no, Dandy. Jeez, Dandy comics. Dandy, um, yeah. Yeah, man. He's got, he's got an impressive chin, that's for sure. But I don't think I don't think it's a detractor. I've personally always been lobbying for Aaron Eckhart to be my go-to kind of real duke ever since watching mm. Battlefield LA. Yo, LA, yeah. He's got one hell of a chin. <laughs> I think the designers <laughs> of this toy line took note of that role and they were like, "Hmm, that really works for Duke actually." So, I don't mind it, Cooch. Why does it upset your artistic sensibilities? No, I just keep when I look at the figure, I, I ask myself this question. Would I want to be that guy's friend? What do you think? Does Duke look like a friendly guy? His Duke? eyes are pretty deep. I'd hang out with him. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Cobra. <laughs> Duke looks like the pretty guy in school. He looks like the guy, the captain of the football team. Yeah. I don't know, guys. My reading of Duke is the other way around. I, I think, you know, he's the guy that's like, he is hard as nails. It's not his job to be liked. It's his job to save his boys' lives, you know, make the right decisions and get us all back in one piece. So I don't know. I don't think I'd want to hang out with Duke. I think I'd, I I should be afraid of Duke, to be honest. You know, a healthy dose of, mm. of, of fear and respect for this man because he, he's seen everything there is to see. He's seen the shit. <laughs> Does he have some furrowed brows on that figure? He's got a kind of a... Eyebrow, one eyebrow kind of tucked up a little. Oh, good. You know, so it's and it's slight, but you can tell it's there. It looks like his nose has been broken once or twice. Nice. It, I mean, he has that crease right at the top of his nose that you get once you've been punched in the face a few times. Uh-huh. <laughs> Owen Wilson, baby. Owen Wilson. It's the Aaron yeah. Eckhart chin and the Owen Wilson nose. That's how you nice. make it Duke, ladies and gentlemen. That is a Wait serious that. looking portrait on that head. Cool. Yeah. Now I'm curious. He's got like a pair of binoculars or something, and they look like they're attached to him somewhere. Where do they go? I'm, I've got a blue pop them out real quick. Okay. <laughs> yep. Little binox, trinox. It looks like. And then on the back left hip, there's a little plug-in hole. And it's got a little pin on it, and it just snaps right in there. Cool. So it's, it's off in the Are you saying hand. he takes it in the hip? <laughs> He's got it right in the hip. The hip opposite his holster, so it's out of the way. And just so you know, the um, bandolier pops off real easy. So you can slim him down. I know somebody was talking about taking off some of the materials and 
you know, having them, but that bandolier pops off real easy. You can move it around, get it positioned, and I'm putting the backpack on now, and nothing's in the way of each other. Like, the backpack and the binoculars are not going to hinder the movement of each other. That's very cool. Well, let me ask you this, lest I eat my words. Is there space for, like, anybody to put a flag decal on his arm? Like, let's say Corbro wanted to flex the old uh, maple leaf. Depending on the size, <laughs> I would say yes. The upper shoulder is outside all the jointing, which it's got a lot of joints there. Um, there's a nice rectangular area that's probably maybe the size of my pinky nail, you know, which I know everybody's pinky nail is different, but it's a roughly that size. You could probably get a flag or some kind of uh, decal on each shoulder. Nice. And it would be out of the way of the way the joint is done. Speaking of joints, Jake, would you say that the joints are buttery and sort of smooth right out the packaging? Or do you feel like they need some work to kind of loosen them up a bit? Well, I'm working the joints as we go. They're nice and stiff. Okay. But not so much that I'm going to damage them as I pop them loose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And... The butterfly joint on this one is really well hidden into the shirt and is very effective, actually. I've never been one to like butterfly joints because they seem to cut big hunks out of the chest. (laughs) But this is really nice. Excellent. Let's get controversial then. The weapon. (laughs) Okay, that's what I've got next. (laughs) Pop out here. I'm going to pop the pistol out first. Okay. Nice little pistol. You know, I know some guns, but most of my guns I know are older. It's a near-future pistol, you know? Looks like something that somebody's going to put out within the next 10 years. Yeah, it looks quite restrained, to be honest. The pistol. Cigarette lighter? (laughs) Yeah, but it looks good in his hand. Nice. Makes full use of that trigger finger, I guess. Yeah, I'm popping the trigger finger into the guard right now. Yeah, it fits in his hand perfect. And um, he's got those red knuckles, which if you go into an academy here, you're going to see all kinds of shooting gloves and accessories for pistol enthusiasts. And you see, you can, I bet I could buy a pair of gloves like this if I walked into academy today. Oh, it's a nice flash of color, I'm not going to lie. A little bit yeah, of red on yeah. a figure. Find an yeah. excuse to put some red on an otherwise green and tan figure. Yes, please. He's got red on his shoulders. Mm. Like a little red, not epaulette, but strap that comes over, buttons in. And the matrix of leadership. And the matrix of leadership <laughs> on the other side. Okay, now I'm going to put the take the pistol out of the hand. And it comes in and easy. The hands are kind of rubbery. In a good way, not in a bad way, in that it allows some flexibility getting those weapons in there, not like I'm going to crack a finger or anything. The pistol slips right into the holster and looks good. Okay, now let's get the other gun out. Rifle. Okay, now the rifle itself is a bit rubbery. It's a bit soft which I'm not used to with my Joe weapons, but I've been playing with vintage stuff recently, and we all remember how hard those weapons were. Okay, questions about the rifle. 
Well, for the most part, they've gone with the Armalite weapon design. Mm -hmm. They've just kind of futzed with the barrel, right? Yeah. I would say everything up through the secondary grip could be a weapon coming out next year. Sure. It's got some nice sights added to it, a couple of different sighting options. And then Mm. the front of the gun is where it's taken on the blaster effect. The rest of it looks very straight up like something that a futuristic military would use. And then you get to the front and you've got the blue paint and um, it's got a square barrel. Okay, cool. That bit of uh, Cybertronian technology there. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That's right. I mean, not only did they get the Matrix, but they, you know, their interaction with the Autobots yielded some funky new laser guns. Hey, look, I think it's a, it's a, it's a nice looking weapon. It does not offend me. Uh, and we all know why they did it. So what you gonna do, right? Those of you who are real weapon purists, uh, action force, my friends, <laughs> support Bobby's, yeah. Bobby's project. In fact, I've recently been looking into weapons for this scale and I've actually found three pretty good options for that. So the first one was I was on Hobby Link Japan because uh, there's a famous line of uh, 1 to 12 scale figures, which is what these figures are, essentially. They have these like little army girls. They're like little cute anime type uh, characters uh, that are all like, I don't know, they're just tacked up. They're full of like military stuff and whatever. But what they do is they release diorama pieces and weapons for them. Uh, and it's everything from modern firearms to old school firearms like um you know some of the world war ii stuff and in between there's a little uh, there's things like the swedish k and and that kind of stuff which is quite fun um it does require some assembly but the details are quite crisp and sharp on them and they they do allow for some modularity you know where you can you know add sides or change grips and whatever so they're, they're quite cool plus there's all these diorama pieces and those are things like weapon racks and whatever. Are you talking about Planet Green Valley action figures? No, no, it's not Planet Green Valley. It's um I will get you a name in 2 seconds. Yeah, but just to go into some of their their dioramas and things like that. They have the weirdest dioramas because they have things like modest stuff like weapon racks and and shelves and whatever that you can put guns on and things like that, which is really cool. And then they also have school desks <laughs> and like hot springs and, and that kind of stuff, which is, you know, very Japanese. But then again, it's a very Japanese line. Um, it's called Little Armory uh, is the name of the of the product. And um, they've designed these so that they can go with a lot of the popular Figma releases and things like that that are coming out of Japan. Very, very cool stuff. Um, then, of course, they've been with us for a long time, but Marauder Inc. Marauder Inc. is actually doing 1 to 12 scale uh, weaponry and... I see that their um their browning is sold out <laughs> because obviously everybody wanted one for for roadblock uh the 50 cal so they they're available and then I happened to catch a chat action force Bobby Vella uh had posted something and somebody said hey I got a great business idea for you Bobby why don't you do uh one to twelve scale weapons uh and re- weapon replacement kits for the GI Joe stuff and Bobby uh, replied with, a, that seems like a very good idea. So I'm pretty sure that we're going to get some more sort of G.I. Joe-cated Action Force releases, but I can't officially say that because it hasn't officially been announced. But uh, he's already doing such cool stuff for Action Force 
you know, I wouldn't put it past him, especially now that he's created, um, he's got a, a top for, for Gung Ho. So, you know. Nice. Jake, buddy boy, are you happy with your toy, my friend? Uh, I'm going to sit here quietly and play with it for y'all. <laughs> How does he stack up against Destro? Uh, would you say you like Duke more or, or, or less? Uh, Destro looks cooler in overall appearance. But in play, like I'm going to be playing with, you know, if I was a kid playing with it, playing with this dude, I could, you know, he's got more holsters. He's got little packages and pouches. And I think the Duke is going to be a more playable type figure, whereas Destro is a more intimidating kind of standing there type figure. I've got Duke lined up looking i mean i've got the butt of the rifle against his cheek and he's looking through the sight oh sick well duke's also the character that's gonna be hauling a ruck through some dense jungles of the world whereas destro is the kind of guy swanning about in private jets concluding arms deals and occasionally brandishing a weapon so just in terms of the play patterns that the figures suggest you're going to get more mileage out of Duke. I, I can appreciate that. Yeah. I, I can already tell you there's going to be at least a second Duke bought and held for probably a year for my <laughs> two-year-old so that we wait until he's three and then give him the Duke. Nice. He needs his license to drive that Duke. Well, <laughs> probably eat the weapons. I see. You know, I don't, I don't need that to happen. Well, at least they're rubbery, right? They're not going to shatter yeah. his mouth. They'll make for a decent chew toy. I had a question about those those toys. I was wondering. Sure. What are the legs like, like for kicking? Because I've always, you know, done okay. hand-to-hand combat. I was just counting joints, starting at the foot. You've got a rocker ankle. You've got the lateral up and down on the foot. You've got a twist at the boot top. You know, you got a cut. You've got yeah. a double-jointed knee. You've got another cut in the thigh. And then you've got a really forgiving and moving hip. So you've got lots of articulation for, let me see. See how high I can get his kick. Okay. Tell me one, one thing. He's on. I put this side of my foot on that side of your face. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have to go shopping now. I was trying to avoid these. <laughs> I got him in a full Van Damme split. <laughs> oh, jeez. And he'll stand like that, too, eh? Let's see. And I'm kind of putting him... Uh, might need a little bit of something behind him to keep it perfect. But I can fiddle with him a little bit. Nope, got it. Yeah, fiddle with him just a hair, and I can get him to kind of sit in that position. I was going to ask, I know that I have these two. Does anybody else have any of these? Not you know, yet. You know, I know y'all's are on the way, right? They're going to be stuck in the mail for, what, six months? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Cobra, I mean, up in your neck of the woods, have you seen these on the shelves yet? I've been trying to avoid Walmart, but I might go check it out today, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's always my oh, thing. I, I only go when I have to get, like, if the cats need litter and we need sodas and, you know, then I'll sneak over and take a look. That's why it's been limiting my trips. 
but yeah, uh, important stuff. Yeah, you got to have the the day to days. But I would say that this is definitely a figure to look at, and um, I was not excited about. He was not. See, my favorites in order were Destro, Scarlet, Snake Eyes, Duke, and then Roadblock. This is the order I planned to get them in, but all the others were sold out. <laughs> but I'm actually very happy with him. Nice, buddy. I'm so happy for you. That's fantastic. Also, hearing that the possibility of their legs is so good just gives me faith that Hasbro will now do their favorite mascot in a fourth variation that will probably come with the dog that you can kick. I am, of course, talking about a hooded Cobra Commander variant, which can now do a proper kicking action. Because clearly, that is their new mascot. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Jake, I want to put you on the spot as we shift our focus. Because you've only just recently, for the first time, watched A Tale of Two Ninja. (laughs) The rest of G.I. Joburg, we've all kind of had some either greater or lesser degree of involvement with the piece. And obviously, Cobra, man, oh man, you've put in the hours, buddy. <laughs> Pajama-rama. It's epic. <laughs> but Jake, just as a first blush, man, what did you think? I thought it was great. I thought it was very well done. You know, it took me a minute to get used to the, the face articulation. But by the after the first couple of times of seeing the, the mouths move and the the eyes work, you fell right into it. It's uh, it's bloody. There's a <laughs> lot of uh, uh, ninja action there, and it's definitely fun. Oh, yeah. Saucy. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, the last saucy time indeed. you were on, Cobra, you were interested in developing new ways of creating gore. And I am thrilled to see totally practical effects used you're separating figures limbs and using kind of blood effects you know in camera as it were where do we begin i think the first thing that i want to kind of hang a lantern on is your world building like there was a lego set that i passed my eye over more than a couple of times that was linked to their ninjago IP, but it was the most beautifully detailed and rich environment. It was like a ancient Japanese city, in fact, or building. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it. Maybe I'll throw some images up on the YouTube's right about now. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it's yes. incredible. Looks like a huge number of parts. It's from the Ninjago movie. Anyways, the relevance that I have... It's like three grand. (laughs) Exactly. The relevance that it has to this discussion is, in this fantasy tale of an older Storm Shadow, we are introduced to a world called Arukai... Is it Arukai City? Yep. And this world seems to me like feudal Japan... But it is like a warrior city. It's the kind of environment where you almost expect like a side-scroller beat-em-up to be set. Mm. Yeah, like it's in a video game. Yeah. It's filled with neon lights and ninjas guarding buildings and motorcycles and fantastical vehicles. It looks like 
the environment, the, the greenery is kind of reclaiming the city. There are creepers and ferns growing on, on everything. And it just, it was so original for me to see G.I. Joe toys being portrayed in the setting. The characters are 99% all martial artists, firstly. So it is the perfect setting for them to inhabit. I guess, yeah, I had the flag to work with for that. So that, that gave me the street, which allowed me to do the city. So, you know, as, as much as I could hide the main, uh, you know, control center on the flag, that, that was the best. But, yeah, the, the lighting was a chance to play around because usually I was kind of restricted with the green screen, which you couldn't really you had to have good lighting. So you couldn't play around with the shadows. So this time I just kind of got to have more fun with different lights and you know i had neon lights little led lights in the back and you know then i had uh, a red light that i'd use on the side that i could have kind of move kind of like the sun would sweep across the sky maybe to, to simulate traffic wasn't there like a pseudo time lapse at one point which is something that you can do very easily with a time lapse camera it's a different story when you're doing it in stop motion so kudos to you. And speaking of shadows, <laughs> and I'm glad you poked some fun at it as well. At one point, Outback, doesn't he say, hey, look, it's my shadow? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I walked by there, so I thought, yeah, might as well make him do a pose. But... Well, it's cool, man. Shadow play in stop motion. Like, typically in stop motion, if you're casting a shadow, it's just going to create problems for you later, surely. But you made a thing of it, a feature of it, and it, it worked. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I wanted to do something different where, you know, the villain approached, you'd first see his shadow kind of creep up under the camera shot, but it just kind of worked out the other way as the story untold itself. I love the insight that you offer on, I mean, now that I've mentioned his name, Outback is a major character, and your sense of this character is something that I really, really enjoy. He takes some enjoyment in his job but you also make light of the fact that he's a man at war with himself he's out back but he's having to live and dwell in this really dangerous city is he squatting in that house or is that somehow his home yeah it was kind of just like a safe house and you know a place where he could kind of fit in <laughs> which i figured a rukai where the, the government wouldn't follow him or whatever he was running from Outback was just somebody I picked, basically, that I thought would be a good friend, you know, if I wanted to pick a Joe as a friend. <laughs> Seemed like a fun guy. Love the fact that he's got a explosion card back in this house. <laughs> Sometimes I like to just pose in front of it. <laughs> like, coming off of your other, your, your last work, which was, was moody and this thing's on a different level do you see this as like just a step or was this like something that took you a while to do because it's just packed with kind of layers uh, of both production and visual intrigue like the uh, explosion like how long did it take you and are you just going to decompress for a while yeah oh geez well i'm probably going to decompress for a little bit because it was stressful it took me about four months to do it i took a week off work to do a little bit more because i was seeing that i wasn't going to make the deadline wow oh, what are you thinking wonder. like a kill bill story or like because the the violence being as visceral as it is here's a quick fire for everybody in the room if you want to participate what's your favorite favorite cinematic gore like it can be a scene or a flick yeah probably kill bill that sword scene or the silhouettes uh alien 
aliens, sorry, the victim who wants the Marines to kill her before the chest burster comes out. That's that's got to be pretty high up on the list for me. Mm. I have a brain full of horror movies, man. And when you said that, I, I I was thinking of like a mix of either it's a scene from Akira Kurosawa, like literally any time a samurai kills another one and there's just blood spraying everywhere, and it's it's campy as all hell, but I love it. Or and actually, the the scene that sticks into my head it's not terribly gory, but it is painful to watch. Is uh, on Friday the Thirteenth Six. Uh, Jason takes a couple uh, that is getting it on, and um, <laughs> uh, he manages to pull. Uh, there's a uh, the girl decides to hide in the tent, and then he she's in a sleeping bag, and he actually pulls out the whole sleeping bag and he slams it against the tree. And when I say favorite, I know I sound like a sick puppy, but it is such a, a bone rattling scene <laughs> that it sticks with you, and it's it's definitely one of Jason's best kills. I'd Pretty love obscure, to have brother. something. Yeah, right. But I'd, I would have loved to have offered something a little bit more um, <laughs> martial arts related. <laughs> but damn, that's just what popped in my head. I'm sorry. I just watched Akira for the first time. Oh, I know it's yeah. animated. Oh, wow. Man, there's some really graphic body gore in that mm. movie. Oh, man. Yeah, when Tetsuo starts... Not Was it Tetsuo? No, it's his friend. No, uh, Tetsuo starts becoming Akira. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Right, Tetsuo starts morphing. Yeah, and you know it's pretty, it's pretty unsettling. Good call, Jake. You're only about thirty-five years late to the party. <laughs> hey, you watch it when you can watch it, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, as you mentioned, that scene in um, Kill Bill with the, all the blood there too. Those are two that come to mind for me. Of course, I just watched that. It's funny, I just spoke about Kill Bill on another podcast, uh, this is a talking Joe cheap plug, but uh, in the forthcoming hey. episode, <laughs> I know right, you did one, I'm going to do one, Cooge. We spoke about Kill Bill, and I recall that my sister and her boyfriend at the time thought nothing of it, they thought they were going to watch another Tarantino film, probably about crime, once the excessive blood and gore started... And limbs were being hacked, <laughs> and the bride was break dancing with a katana. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. They walked out. They were like, "Nope, this is not for us." And my sister's yeah. not a prude, okay? But yeah, you know, it was just—it's it's a kind of level of gratuity that you need some kind of warning that it's going to be as gory as that, like comically gory. And they were like, oh, "This is just stupid." <laughs> Was it just the ninjas involved, or did you want to go gore heavy on this uh, this latest one? A lot of the gore comes from inspiration from other stop motions, to be honest, where it is kind of more comedic. You get a chuckle out of it because you can tell it's not realistic kind of thing. And to sort of answer your other question there, as being like a stepping stone, it kind of is. Like every movie, I kind of learn something from my mistakes because it's just a labor of love. So this yeah. time, I kind of realize that you know the action parts are good i gotta watch the dialogue because working with that phone app you kind of limited to one camera shot whereas to have a nice uh dialogue scene you need a lot of different camera angles and you know stop motion helps so i think that might be something i might try to explore next time is to have a little bit of hand and actions you know body language to the conversation maybe shoot some of the mouths right onto the as i'm uh, shooting the stop oh, yeah. motion Kind of yeah. the classic, classic way. Nice. You mentioned the gore kind of being uh, sort of a, a comedic element, or at least uh, 
you know, like how it's used in other stop motions. That's something that definitely rung true for me in this. I'm going to call it a, a short film. <laughs> um, but like, uh, it, it reminded me a lot of like Evil Dead, uh, because Evil Dead also uses a lot of like violence and or sort of gratuitous violence to comedic effect. And I definitely felt that. Like, I definitely felt like you weren't being like violent and gory to just be like violent and gory, that it actually had like a, a little bit of a almost like comedic purpose to it in, in some respects. Um, yes, I hope so. I'm sure it comes off strange to some people, and, and maybe you it's a sicko. <laughs> I just get a chuckle out of it. I'm the guy that plays, you know, Grand Theft Auto that's driving down the sidewalk for some reason, just plowing people over. I yeah. did gave Nunchuck some love. He didn't go out a bad way, did he? I forget. Kinda. He got stabbed a little bit. Oh, damn it! <laughs> I, I regret that one too. But everyone's been telling me, that is a good-looking figure, dude. That is a good-looking thing. I know. The antagonist is something interesting as well, Corbs. Like, Red Cobra, that's an original Cobra Lang creation, right? This character hasn't gotten any precedent anywhere else, right? That's correct, yeah. Incredible. He's a master of hypnosis. He has somehow created his own clan by incorporating both the Night Creepers and the G.I. Joe Ninja Force, who are potentially acting under his own hypnosis. Mm -hmm. But not only that, he's got Jinx and a love interest of Storm Shadows working for him. What a tangled web. Well, it started out that uh, it was going to be about Storm Shadow and all the other figures were just going to be like just spontaneous, like uh, random ninjas, you know, bad guys. But every time my friend watched it, he would identify each character as their Joe name. So I realized... It was going to be a bit of a problem. So after our last podcast, when Paul mentioned the Night Creepers and stuff, I kind of slipped that into the story, and then that kind of tied in with the Red Cobra, kind of brainwashing them all into that clan. Oh, it's fascinating. It kind of plays into this neo-apocalyptic world where everything's kind of turned on its head. Old allegiances mean nothing. It doesn't matter if you are Joes together or Arashikage clan members together. Like, the lines have been redrawn. Which it still fascinates me, man. Yeah, that was actually very cool. That was such a creative use of that. I even remember, like, you know, when when you had some of those characters and Storm Shadows encountering them, and I'm going like, what the hell, you know, like, are these guys bad guys or, or what's the story, you know? And I felt that, man. That was really, really cool. I'm I'm glad that your friend called them by their names and that it helped inspire that because as as a viewer, as an audience, it killed me, you know, like in in a good way. I was like, oh no, these characters and. and yeah, I, I I have to compliment you on that one. There's one scene in there I really love. It's not necessarily just the scene itself. It's just the set dressing. I love that um, sort of arcade, that dingy arcade background that you've got, you know. And Stephen mentioned it earlier, but it is very much like a beat-em-up, like a video game beat-em-up. Someone's been playing a lot of Streets of Rage 4. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and that's actually what I wanted to ask, is maybe ask you more directly, is... Uh, were you inspired by by video game beat 'em ups or the the backgrounds of like sort of 2D fighting games, maybe even subconsciously? Yeah, hugely. Uh, Double Dragon, I guess, was big influence growing mm. up in the 80s, and then from there, it's just yeah, I always loved the fighting games, hand to hand combat. Ninjas were always a big part of my Joe play and stuff, and hand to hand combat. But yeah, video games. I was always been I'm big on those beat 'em up games. Ninja Gaiden. I'm sure you've all played. <laughs> Love Ninja Gaiden. Or Gaiden. It played us. Oh, oh man. Oh, and how? Big time. Yeah. 
Tell me, this is on a purely cosmetic, superficial level, but uh, the choice to use Tiger Force Outback, that's fascinating to me. Just basically the fact that uh, I just picked one that I'd want to be friends with. Basically, I thought he'd be nice. a cool guy. Nice. How old are you playing him? Because he's got white hair, of course. So the assumption is he's an older fella. Yeah, I didn't want to be too specific and screw it up, but I figured... You know, because if you're starting it from the 80s, I don't know. I guess they'd all be pretty old. So I figured just at the 60s is where I was going with it. Nice. But of course, a ninja master still got it. <laughs> and so does a survivalist. <laughs> there was one I, shot with uh, the walking where the arms were swimming. But that's something I just figured out at the time where I, I took my the big G.I. Joe catalog, like the book there, with all the different prices. And I put the stand on it. And then I put a little, uh, one of those... Uh, cubes that you stick uh, different flowers and stuff it's a chopstick in one of those and a chopstick fix it sticks in the back of a gi joe perfectly so it would hold the gi joe and having that and the camera stand on the same book as you move the book along they would be in sync and the only thing that would change would be the background and then that being character on the you know on the chopstick it allowed you to kind of swing the arms as you walk to which was a cool effect wow i shall have to rewatch corbs I, I say I've seen this a number of times. Clearly, there's still Easter eggs to be discovered. And Easter eggs they were. <laughs> like, the, meta, the meta reference, that blew my mind, actually. Yeah, that was very cool. Let's and then watch also, some special forces. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and there's also this, like, I can't recall the name right now, but there's, like, an advert in the background for, uh, like, I think it's a G.I. Joe dealer or a toy store or something. A customizer there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On the no, that's, plug. No, that that kind of thing is always cool. Well, I mean, you're probably right for a creator commentary. You should do like a chit chat. Yeah, I feel like I figured out a few things, but I'm sure other people have discovered them because it's just a hobby for me. But the the orange light was kind of neat for the machine gun too, rather than just a typical sticker for the machine gun coming out the end. I chose to do every other camera shot with an orange light. I appreciated the lens flash, or not the lens flashes, the alternating flickers when uh, you did gunshots, because at some points I replaced some audio, so it gave me a great opportunity to see exactly where to place the AK-47 sounds or the uh, G-36 sounds. Thank you for adding that gunshot. I I didn't want to say that when uh, Tommy was driving away on the bike. I I missed that gunshot when he was driving away, but you added that in. (laughs) You're welcome, man. I thought it'd be a nice touch. Of course, it's supposed to remain ambiguous. Did Outback shoot Jinx? Did Jinx shoot Outback? What am I even talking about, listeners? Haven't you watched A Tale of Two Ninja? Well, get on that. (laughs) But yes, it's it's nice to have the uh, the sort of audio fill in the the story a little bit, I guess. And uh, another poignant question for our viewers slash listeners. Do you own more ninja figures than, than what was shown, or is that your entire ninja uh, G.I. Joe ninja collection? Uh, no, I own more. I just... That's just I the one. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> it's the strangest thing. They're actually quite addictive, at, at least for me. They're like, they're like this weird subsection that I like to collect. Uh, I've noticed it quite a bit with my modern era figures. I have quite a lot of modern era ninja from G.I. Joe. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's so great because I got that red ninja that they did and then I've put that mask on so he looks like Slice. 
and then I've got another one that I've I've uh, it's like a Snake Eyes figure that I've made up to be dice. And you can do that because the modern era owns uh, has a lot of those sort of toys and accessories that sort of lend themselves well to those characters or to making those characters. So I I just watched this thing and I was just like, are these really all of Co- uh, Cobra's ninjas? And turns out no, there's more kids. There's more. So I do have quite a few modern too. It's just I keep them packed up usually the modern, but I'm starting to get into them more now. They're more fun for stop motion. So. Yes, so you said the last time that they're a little bit easier and they can get into more poses. But uh, you went deep into the ninja roster. I mean, you had Street Fighter, you had Mortal Kombat figures. It didn't. It wasn't just GI Joe and Cobra, man. Yeah, trying to be random. <laughs> so many custom figures that were in there too, and custom vehicles. Yeah, I had a Raider customized too. A couple of yeah, that was the Raider with the undercarriage there, with the green Cobra in it. And it had sort of swords and blades and various kind of like uh, martial arts weapons kind of sculpted onto it or, or added to the hull. Yeah, I suppose after they stole it from Hot Seat, they, they customized it themselves, the nice. Night Creepers. Put some weapons racks on top of the vehicle. But there's another custom vehicle that found its way into the production, which I've been meaning to ask you about. Seems to me like it's an asp mounted to an imp. Yeah. <laughs> Epic. Yeah. That, really cool, man. An impasse. Yeah, I've always liked the top of the ASP there, so it was good to throw it on a tank. Well, Here. it's the kind of Ninja Force vehicle that Hasbro should have given us instead of the bloody Ninja Lightning, the Battle Axe, and the Pile Driver. <laughs> yeah, those things. Whirling Ninja Action. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyway. That is probably the one thing about the retro collections, I have to say, is a definite plus point. You know, if it, whether you're going to buy them or not, you know, whether it be out of sheer sort of uh, impulsive buy or whatever. I would purposely go and hunt out one or two retro figures for myself just to have all of the weapons that they give you. Uh, especially that Storm Shadow. You know, you can't have enough of Storm Shadow's weapons from that modern era line. And also the Snake Eyes. I love his gear, Sans Timber. But uh Yeah. Like, just just something, you know, you mentioned weapons. Uh, that's a great place. It's a great weapon pack for future play motion creators and things like that. That's a great place to get all your, your gear from. If you wish to do modern era stuff, of course. Although, to be fair, some of the modern era stuff have got um, really nice grips that work quite well with some of the vintage toys, I must say. So. Yeah, I've done that. I used a lot of modern weapons in that. Tale of Two Ninja. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I was like, hey, nice. <laughs> okay, so I've got a quick fire for the guys around the room. Uh, favorite death scene? I know Steven's in mine. <laughs> but uh, you guys, fav- favorite death scene in, in, in uh, A Tale of Two Ninja? I- I've watched it once. I haven't watched it enough to, to have a favorite yet. There's a lot of good death scenes in there. I'm going to have to watch it again, probably again, before I could give a decent answer i'm gonna i'm gonna get political too i think honestly what struck me first because it's it is a distinct story style like first off i was like oh this should have been a midnight release like it just had that vibe kind of like a midnight theater thing um hey cooch it's always midnight somewhere in the world <laughs> oh shit you oh. got me um yeah no i i thought uh i i liked the meta references i think uh the the careful storytelling always gets me so it'll get a second and probably a third but i'll get back to you on that one next time Corbro's on i'll have a, a death scene for him cool paulie you said that we have the same same one in mind 
I think I might surprise you with my favorite. Okay, well then, and then I'm sure you can see where I'm coming. But Bushido, dude. <laughs> <laughs> There's Bushido. There is not. <laughs> so like, Bang. I love it. <laughs> Ninja, Ninja, vanish. <laughs> it was just calling my name, so I had to do that. Then I had to write it into the story. <laughs> Dude, that was so cool. <laughs> you killed me. I actually had to pause because I had tears in my eyes. I was killing myself from laughter. <laughs> it was so cool. Anyone who isn't aware, um, Storm Shadow and Outback return to Outback's digs. And standing outside the entrance is Bushido, the snow ninja. And uh, Outback pulls up, stops his bike, and Storm Shadow on his ferret, plows straight into Bushido. Bang! Pancakes <laughs> him up against uh, Outback's house. And um, Outback asks, How did you know? <laughs> I don't know if we ever really get the answer, do we, Corbs? <laughs> well, maybe. I must say, I really, well, once again, creepy thing to say is your favorite death scene, but... Um, since you asked, <laughs> I shall oblige. I enjoy Dojo and Dice kind of make their assault on Outback's house. Dice gets taken out by a grenade, lobbed out the front door. Dojo, we don't actually see what happens to him, but he just, he's at the bathroom window and he's gagging. Obviously his throat's been cut. And the sound effect, the foley work that you have for this poor mm. man drowning in his own blood is insane, Corbs. Like that, you say you do all your sound with your mobile. Well, that sounded as good as Hollywood could get it. So, props once again, buddy. Do some stuff. So I embarrass myself with other voices. <laughs> buddy, oh, man. It's, it's gold. I love this project. Anyone listening to this who hasn't seen it, Better watch it and fall in love with it too. But uh, gentlemen, I think I'm pointing my feet towards the door. Anyone want any uh, anything else brought to the table before we sign off on this episode of GI Jobo? I'm Jinx for sharing your husband. <laughs> <laughs> I finally got my Ripper figurine. He was delivered the other day. Thank God. <laughs> and he is great. He's a great Sartan. Uh, he's a great Sartan. He's a great Dreadnought toy, and he, he's featured in um, one of our most... Well, one of our new creations, uh, which is currently ongoing, so that's cool. And I had to do my first bit of surgery on one of the siblings of uh, Sartan. You know, as we all know, those figures are not easy to fix once the O-ring goes. You know, you have to actually split the upper torso because it's sort of joined, it's glued together. Oh, and uh, yeah, I successfully did surgery on on Xandar and Zorana, whose O-rings uh, both died on the same day. In fact, actually, I don't know when Xandar's did because I picked him up off the toy shelf to put him in, in a video and he was two half Xandar's. So I was like, well, he's not making it to this uh, episode. <laughs> And then uh, when I was done, I was taking Sorana out of the Thunder Machine, and I also only took out half of Sorana, so I felt a bit like Jason Voorhees. And uh, yeah, I gotta say it was uh, it was a, a tricky process, not the easiest thing to do in the world, but I'm very thankful to um, all of the people on YouTube who have actually posted videos on how to do that. You know, Form BX, uh, his video helped me out quite a bit. There was another gentleman, I forget his name. 
he did quite a good job of, of removing the upper torso and then of course you know just looking at forums and things like that so thank you to all of you out there who have posted a wealth of knowledge on how to fix those toys those color changing joes uh, you helped me a lot and you helped me save two very cool toys of mine so thank you so that's all I have other than all the cool stuff that we've had to speak about tonight Jake you've got new toys to play with Cobra, you better make a pilgrimage to Walmart immediately to take <laughs> yeah. a look for these classified toys. Cooch, I'm sure you've got plenty more things to be doing uh, in Long Beach right now. Me in North Queensland, <laughs> I've got to get to bed, boys. It's half past 3 a.m. Oh, Is the wife <laughs> going to talk to me in the morning? Certainly hope so, because uh, I need her voice as Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, it's been a blast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks nice. for having me on, guys. Always a pleasure, Yo, guys. Yo, Joe Berg, everybody. Always a pleasure. Yo, Joe. Berg. 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 Uh, <laughs> insatiable.